listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 147, covering Nemesis with Mark Bosco. Hi, friends. Hi, Bob, who is also a friend. Hello. Hi, friend Bob, who is in my home. Hello, friend Al. We invite, we, uh, for some reason, Bob and I have been very, very good friends for many years, yet, for some reason, he invited me to his house to watch Nemesis, and then I repaid the favor by inviting him over to watch Nemesis. (laughs) Friends don't let friends watch Nemesis. We made each other. Twice, and now I've, I've seen it thrice inside of a week now. Oh my God, you're the, you're the real hero. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, who was the hero of, of Nemesis? It clearly wasn't anybody that we know. Nope. Was it? Was it? What's his name? Shivzon? No, it's Sh- uh, Hot Romulan Commander. Hot Romulan. Yeah, there you Commander. go. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Continuing the proud tradition from the original series of having hot Romulan commanders. <laughs> yep. Very well. Uh, this was not a very good movie, you guys. This was a fucking. Bucket of turds. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much the entire bucket. Yep. A 12-piece bucket of turds. <laughs> <laughs> Boned or boneless? Oh, no. This is classic. With classic, a side of coleslaw. Uh, original recipe, boned. <laughs> Extra crispy turds. Very boned. Ugh. Uh, Bob, why don't you give us your summary first? Why not? All right. <clears throat> well, after some stupid, backwards, off-center, gimmicky title typography that already has me angry about this movie, Medusa leaves her keychain in the Romulan Senate and turns everybody into stone. Meanwhile, Picard takes the new bumper car out for a spin and, in an amazing coincidence, finds Data's third brother, who is one step above a Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> then they get sent to Romulus by Catherine Hepburn and meet creepy, rapey creepster Shinzon, who dresses like a Japanese beetle, and who is obviously a clone of Picard, who says that he isn't. Picard tries to be diplomatic, but Shinzon acts like a selfish, spoiled, entitled asshole and just wants to hit things and kill people and whine about being a clone, so Deanna whaps him on the nose with a rolled-up Enterprise and Data blows up. The end. <laughs> That's a nice turn of phrase with a rolled-up Enterprise. I like yep, that. I like that. Very nice. Uh, Matt, I'm I'm really fond of the way yours ends, so I'm going to ask you to do yours last. Just That's fine. It's a, it's, a, it's a fitting send-off, I think, so uh, I, I shall go next. Oh, man, remember the Romulans? Remember that other planet called Remus that's also in the same system as them and has weird Dracula monsters on it? Mm-hmm. Of course! Who doesn't remember the Dracula monsters of Remus? <sighs> you know who else is from Remus? Some bald dude with a speech impediment who's apparently a clone of Captain Picard. He's the new leader of the Romulans now. Confused? <laughs> We're only just starting. Strap in, lock and load, stay frosty, and watch your six. Meanwhile, Stryker and Troy, having beardlessly rekindled their romance in the previous <laughs> movie, have a wedding. Wesley and Guinan are both there, which is kind of cool, except that neither of them says or does very much, nor do they explain where they've been all this time or anything else. There's no time for that, though, because Picard has to go driving around in a dune buggy, just like he always wanted to. You're not still confused, are you? Because all of this is completely in character who says that it isn't. On this arbitrary desert planet, they find pieces of a Soong-type android buried in the sand. Putting the pieces back together, it appears to be... Well, have you ever wished that we had another data or lore, only with the computing power and personality of the 286 I had in high school? What a strange thing to wish. You're weird. <laughs> and now for something nobody anywhere ever wished for. It's Admiral Janeway. She orders Picard to Romulus to meet with the new clone slash Dracula monster in hopes of, I don't know, peace? That's right, Janeway got promoted for losing a fucking ship, and now she gets to boss JLP around, which proves definitively that there's no justice in the Star Trek universe. I've now written 300 words on the first 20 minutes in this movie, and I'm basically dragging my feet about summarizing the rest of it. It's just, it's just not good. Jean-Luc Piclone makes threats <laughs> about the Womulans and the Federation. Troy gets mind-raped because, well, I don't know why. Just because we needed a mind-rape scene, apparently. The Enterprise crashes into a seriously ugly Romulan ship. Then the bad guys defeated the day is saved, and oh yeah, Data dies. It's all pretty terrible. Like, very terrible. Oh, and that evil Riemann Picard clone? His name is Shinzon, which... I know this movie was made in 2002, but you can't get a whole lot more extreme 90s than Shinzon. <laughs> I blame your generation, Matt. <laughs> this one's not my fault. No, no, no. The movie's not your fault, but but making extreme popular. Oh, yeah. That's probably my fault. Knives. As, as you said during this movie, his knives have knives. They do. <laughs> they did. You were right. I thought you were making a joke, and then his knife had a knife. Yep. And then he had another knife. Another knife. You were carrying a <laughs> knife and another knife. 
Well, I'm going to use my another knife. How many <laughs> knives does one bald man in plastic armor need? Well, I don't know. <laughs> we should have counted. Guess we got to watch it again. Oh! <laughs> All right. I'm going to go throw myself off something high. Not before you read your summary, damn it. <laughs> you right. finish what we started, young man. <laughs> All right. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, the Romulan Senate is wiped out by some sort of make Romulans into fragile statues disease. disease. But no time for that. Somebody's getting married. And it's Bill and Dee. And they're finally getting their shit together and getting the hell off the Enterprise and onto a promising career as characters in trumped up fan fiction. But never mind that either. We need to go, go to some shitty desert planet because we just found another. We just found another Data's head. Maybe this will result in another excellent adventure through time. No, it just results in the worst dune buggy race since Ega with a bunch of Tuscan Raiders with machine guns. <laughs> well, I guess that's fine too. So with that out of the way, and the crew now the proud owner of Data's special needs brother, the Enterprise now heads off to the neutral zone to meet up with the new head of the Romulan government, Shinzon. Except he's not a Romulan. He's a Reman, which are like Romulans if Romulans were Nosferatus, played by Hellboy. Which sounds awesome, but isn't. Except he's not a Reman, either. He's a clone of Captain Picard in a hollow foil body armor. He's also the most British Frenchman since, well, Captain Picard, so I guess, well done, Shinzon guy. Anyway, Shinzon hates Picard because Picard is a Starfleet captain and Shinzon is a slave. Well, he was. Now he's the head of a giant star empire. And he hates the Federation because, uh... Anyway, so there's a lot of running around and shooting at Nosferatu, and then a really nicely animated spaceship battle that also lasts about three years, and then Shinzon, and then Picard stabs Shinzon through the chest with a piece of rebar, and Shinzon tries to strangle Picard anyway, but it's not badass like they wanted, it's just dumb. And then Data dies, and it doesn't even fucking matter. So that's our goodbye to Star Trek The Next Generation. Not with a bang, not with a whimper, just a long, long, tired sigh. So good night, JLP. Good night, Data. Good night, D. Good night, Jordy. I hope nobody kills you. Good night, Bever. Good night, William, Billiam, Thomas, Nails, Billy Boy, Amadeus, Riker II. Good night, Wesley. Nice job killing that guy. Good night, Tasha. Nice job getting killed by that guy. Good night, Ro. Good night, Q. Good night, Armus. Everywhere. See you in a couple of months, Worf. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I can't think of a better way to send off the... Uh... The next gen crew than that. Certainly better than this goddamn movie. Oh my god! Excellent. So are we done now? Uh, yeah, we're we're finished. Okay, we're done. Here. All right, see ya. Um, <laughs> we're back here, you. <laughs> Why I oughta? Here's the thing. I, okay, let me ask you guys this: Would you have been more disappointed in this movie, or less disappointed in this? Like, does the fact that it's the last movie affect your disappointment level? Oh, absolutely, it affects my disappointment. Yeah, I think so. Because it's not it's not just that it's a bad. Star Trek movie, it's, like, the, it's 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 a bad last Star Trek movie. Yeah, because 5 was bad, and they called it The Final Frontier, and it could have been the last movie, but then they salvaged it by making another one. No, like, here's the thing. Like, the original series had a great send-off with, uh, with, with 6. Uh, with 6. That's what Star I'm Trek saying, 6, 5 which I love. Been the last one. Like, that, that could have been it. They could have yeah. not get, gotten 6 together, and that could have been their send-off. And, but, and then they came back sort of for generations, but I don't really count that, and everyone just seemed kind of old and tired right and it's the same thing here everyone feels tired and like, i just they don't, don't think they really the want to do it, it anymore much. no i think i think it's because of the script i think it's because of the directing they don't seem as well i mean they're not written in character i think they're certainly not written that, in right? character yeah they, which is ridiculous because apparently brent spiner at least helped with this script yeah, he had a story by credit. If so nice. you you would think that if any if anyone knows the characters, especially Data, it would be Brent Spiner. But you would think you would be wrong. Yeah. Hmm. What were you gonna say, Bob? Oh, it, I mean, even I don't know. Even in the action sequences, people didn't seem very enthusiastic about it. We were joking about there seemed to be several old man fights going on. Or yeah, <laughs> well, that's been not... a running theme in all these movies. <laughs> it always comes down to an old man fight. Yeah, but there's I don't know. Just the action just seemed plodding. Yeah. Except, except for that space battle. I gotta say, that was okay. actually my good thing. I actually like that battle. The big climactic I, one. I'm a fan of, of uh, Star Trek ship battles, and I thought it was dull. Did you? 
Yeah, I, I did. I will give you that it was too long. It was very long. It took up to like 20 minutes. It did, but oh, there was some... If you could edit it down to like five, yeah. there was some really cool stuff in there. They, they, we've threatened to ram the ship into things a handful of times, but actually seeing them do it, I thought that was mm. cool. Having a big gaping hole to nothing in the bridge, I thought that was cool. Like, there was some cool stuff there. Yeah. I'd like to point out that uh, the second time the ship crashes, uh, Troy is also driving again. <laughs> <laughs> they let me drive! <laughs> But then they but then they pull the ships apart, and that takes another eight minutes. It does. <laughs> it did, yeah. And Matt and I both made the, we have to exchange insurance information. <laughs> no, Look, was... sometimes jokes are just there, and you need to grab them. Yeah. I, I The thing is, like I said, just the ship, the Enterprise ramming into the other ship was just like nothing we'd ever seen before. And I really struggled. I sincerely struggled for a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to take the wedding because I wanted to leave something for one of you guys. Yeah. And so that's all I could find, really. I mean, it's, it's just bad and plodding for the entire, and then the entire two hours, and then tasteless in parts. Like there's the literally the the Troy mind rape scene happens for no reason at all. Wait, and it, it's really it's just gross. Well, she and she and Riker are married now. Yes, and they're lying down in their in their bed. It's their honeymoon. Yeah, they're having sex, and suddenly in her mind. Riker turns into creepy Shinzo. Shinzo. Yeah. And there was another rape scene that they cut out, apparently. Yeah. So oh. just to just to emphasize the point that he really wants to rape her. Yeah. Well, the, o- the only reason no... I can tell for them for that to be in there in the first place is to set up the fact that, you know, uh, Troy needs to reverse the mind thing to find their cloaked ship. Uh, other than that purpose... Like, fucking uh, Troy's yeah. psychic. Like... They don't need to put that in there. The only reason it's there is to show that Shenzon is a bad guy. Yeah, and they do which, a lot you know of what, that. Which, you know what works better for that? Good writing. Well, they showed <laughs> him is... murdering the entire Romulan Senate. That definitely yeah. made us think he's, you know... He might not be up to any good. <laughs> no, having having your villain be a rapist, and this is something DC Comics refuses to learn, yeah. having your villain be a rapist just is the the shittiest shorthand ever to show that he's a bad guy. It is, because it's It's like you put absolutely no effort whatsoever into developing as a bad guy. You might as well give him a mustache to twirl. Because <laughs> th- this is basically the 21st century equivalent of that. Man, I wish he had had a mustache. I was just trying to picture him with a mustache. and uh... Some sort of hair. Mustache shins on one, two, three. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a reason they, um, they made him bald, my, uh, Matt was saying. Oh, God. Oh, oh. <laughs> well. Okay. So I was I looked this up. The original plan was to have uh, was Shinzon was going to have hair because young Picard had hair. It's not like he shaved right. his head when he was a teenager or whatever. No, and they made mention of this when we saw his like immediately post Academy days in um, in uh, tapestry. Uh, tapestry. Yeah, it, but no, Rick Berman fucking decided that we need. First of all, we need Shinzon to be bald. Because it's the only way people will know that he's a clone of Captain Picard. Because even they realize that uh, that he looks nothing like... Yeah, Tom uh, Hardy yeah. looks absolutely... That's his this, name. Tom, I just want to keep thing, calling actually. him Bane. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to say that, well, it's not Star Trek. <laughs> but Al already took that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, so. I'll get to that. <laughs> but uh, so I was going to go with the fact that I never bought into, you know, that Tom Hardy was a clone of Patrick Stewart. I mean, mm-hmm. they had different accents, different chins, different eyes, despite Shinsen going on and on and on about how the same they were the only thing they seemed to have in common was that i could see their scalps see that's the thing bad writing again because there's no, like uh, they know that these two people have nothing whatsoever in common so they just have shins on talk about it okay over and over and over in every scene he's in for the entire two fucking hours of this fucking piece of shit right and oh I my agree. god i hate this fucking movie <laughs> and picard brought up that you know throughout the series a few times that you know he was kind of brash as a as a youngster but I don't even see this as brash. It's a completely different personality. Yeah, it's absolutely. Not... Yeah, we threw the word petulant around quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, he's so petulant. Uh, yeah. So whiny. Pouty and entitled and just all around. The, th- the thing about the, the actual clone part of it was kind of cool in that some Romulan at some point in the past decided to clone Picard for nefarious purposes. 
And then, as happens on Romulus so often, somebody stabbed someone in the back, power changed, and this guy gets shuffled, you know, like under the rug. And, no, and they just had yeah, to throw him away. It's that, like a which, new uh, executive coming in in a movie studio. You throw away all the old guys' projects. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I get, I get the feeling that that happens uh, with Romulans a lot, and I actually kind of thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, like, no, that that's like about the him. only in-character thing that happens in this movie. Well, the Romulans and, and the Romulans looked cooler too. Yeah, they did. They look. They 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 did this neat thing where they sort of had a green blush to them. Yeah, and they they updated the uniforms slightly, but they still look basically the same. They just yeah, better they, for, they were Romulan-y without having those enormous square shoulders. Yeah, right. and their clothing pattern had those Parisi squares all over it. Is that yeah, what yeah. those are? Yeah, I Is think it when so. When you play Parisi squares, <laughs> you just walk up to a Romulan and go boop. <laughs> that yeah, that's why you don't play it twice. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, Matt, find a good thing. I dare you. All right, fine. Actually, this is this wasn't that hard because it's the only good because thing. Because I in left it for movie. you. Yeah. So Bill and Dee's wedding at the beginning of the movie is the only scene in this entire movie with any sort of joy or warmth for any of the characters. It's genuinely nice, and I felt good that Troy and Riker were finally getting hitched up. You know, like, and I'll mention you explain this to me later, but um. Al mentions that Picard feels out of character, but I think it's a really good indicator of how far he's come that he can let his guard down and well, be genuinely happy for his friends in front of the rest of the crew. What I meant by that was that, that Patrick Stewart, for the first 20 minutes between that and the dune buggy scene, is smiling the whole time, and yeah. it does feel weird for Picard. But you're right, that could be character growth. Yeah. I, th- that's what... It's it's the only character growth. That's fair. And it's, it's just... It's nice, you mm. know? Like, I like seeing these guys happy, yeah. which is why I'm really, really angry with the rest of this movie. Yeah, there, it what I what I meant was it felt like it felt like this could have easily been a cut like uh, not even a scene from the movie but just the character like or the actors hanging out and having fun because everyone's laughing and being really casual and uh, do you understand what I mean like it felt like when you get them all together for a con you get that same vibe you get yeah. the same vibe of we're all friends we've all been through stuff together it didn't really feel in character or out of character it just felt casual and nice and comfortable yeah, yeah. which is not a, it wasn't a complaint it just it feels like feels like the actors are chumming around mm-hmm. which and, is you know cool and those dress uniforms looked really comfortable too they yeah, did i still don't know how i feel about the white tuxedo dress uniform i like them oh, I a like lot them. i do know that um uh, i think flunk pointed this out uh, once again deanna's the only one not in a uniform Mm. That is true. <laughs> Granted, she's wearing her wedding dress, but still. Listen, I'm in the middle of, of a wedding right now. You make sure the bride wears whatever the fuck she wants on, the, <laughs> on her wedding. Trust me on that. That's fair. Congratulations on that, by the way. Oh, thank you. Listeners, for those of you who don't know, Matt's getting married in like two weeks. Woo! That's true. Just it's really going to fuck up our schedule. No, we just get to watch uh, more DS9 in a, in a short period of time is all. Woo! Damn the luck. Well, I, I guess this was just the reception too, because for the real wedding, no one will be wearing their uniforms. Oh, that's true. They're doing the they're doing the proper uh, Betazoid wedding, especially not Worf. Yeah, they make a whole point of <laughs> Picard saying, "Worf, you will not wear any clothes, young man." I don't see the problem. The bride's already seen him naked. Well, that's a good point. And plus, you know, we've we've said before that uh, Betazoid is probably a very sexually open culture. Oh, totally. And so, you know, how many? What are the chances you've seen someone that you've slept with at a, at a Bayswood wedding? Probably pretty good. Yep. Mm. Because they're very open, and and you know, everyone's probably fucked everyone else, and and so forth. Um. So let's see. We've done our good things. What about you, Bob? Uh, my good thing was the bit of uh, speechifying that Picard did in the Romulan Senate. That uh, he's all. Um, you know, it's it's kind of half-assed, but even half-assed, it's the only time Picard felt like he was really in character to me during the whole movie. Uh, he was really excited about the prospects of diplomacy between the Federation and the Romulans, and <sighs> I don't know. It, just... was, it was good, but as you pointed out, it was all of, what, 20 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> but we and always... it instantly turns around the second he gets back to the ship. Right. Yep. <laughs> But we no, we always like this has been. You've pointed this out in particular in your appearances, but we we've, we've said it throughout the series that Speech Picard is one of the best Picards. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, if, he, uh, if only he could have given more speeches about horses and dune buggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his uh, Kirk to horses is totally Picard to dune buggies. In this. <laughs> that just comes from out of fucking nowhere, and he's like, yep. I want to try out the Argo. We <laughs> shut up. Nobody says we. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about your face. 
or shovel the nest to be in this movie. When we were watching and Picard was laughing and you know, um, I, I was amused that Amanda said, what, what are those sounds that are coming out of his yeah, mouth? What is, what is he doing with his face? <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, yeah, it was it was a struggle, I think, for all three of us to find a good thing. I mean, Matt's, Matt took the most obvious one, but, you know, somebody had to. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, just not uh, not terribly easy. There's a, there's a lot... Between the out of characterness, the oh, the sort of manufactured dark bleakness of it, Ugh. not not fun dark, not not you know, I mean, First Contact did the dark thing pretty well, I thought. Yeah, and I still yeah. think that's a good movie. Yeah, it's pretty alright. There, 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 there's a place for for dark in fiction, you know, and it's something I enjoy when it's done well. well and this was not done well at all. And Gav pointed this out when he was here last week that that. Um, Insurrection was a nice change of pace. They don't all have to be dark. Nerds always want everything to be dark. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. No. I mean, that's why I, I like Insurrection. That's my favorite of them because it's kind of late and it feels like an episode. And I like that because well, I, I it's that the characters I like. The time. Yeah. As it felt like an episode. People feel like the movies need to be bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, See, it I wasn't... thought that until I watched it again and actually enjoyed Insurrection. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, is the thing. Exactly. Star Trek definitely has the level of fun to it. There, Apart from the wedding, there is no fun in this. Well, and if you're into the dune buggy scene, I guess briefly, <laughs> that is a character enjoying himself. But beyond that, the, then then that's it. The fun stops. Yeah, it's just depressing and... Actually, you know what? It's not even depressing. That's the that's the other problem with this movie. It tries to be dark and there's no... It it fails utterly. No, one of you pointed out there's a there's a point when Shinzon says uh, something something for my principles. And I don't remember which one of you it was. <laughs> what principles? Yeah. What are you fighting for here exactly? You're just being evil. Yeah. Yep. There's there's nothing there. And that's that's it. As villains go, like I said his backstory is kind of interesting. But yeah. Then... But his his whole thing now is like a giant revenge fantasy. I was treated badly as a kid, so now I'm going to treat everyone else badly ever. Yeah. Well, except he said tweet. <laughs> he's going to tweet everyone badly. Maybe he meant on Twitter. Maybe he's going to start saying horrible things about people on Twitter. Yeah, ch- check out at Shinzon12. <laughs> at Shinzon6969XX. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Because he definitely his, uh... has some sexual issues. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, considering that he was trying to rape uh, Deanna, uh, I'd say that that's probably He true. wanted to touch her hair so bad. Yeah. Just, fucking gross. Just creepy. It's bad enough that we made him a, like, that he's a shitty villain. We also had to make him a creep. Yep. Yep. But the thing is, you think, and, and Star Trek, I would say, you guys feel free to disagree if, if you're not with me on this. Star Trek has a problem with good villains. I think, like, Khan was good. Q was good. Gul Dukat. Gul Dukat. Mm-hmm. So, like, each series gets one. Mm-hmm. That's about right. But, like, I'm talking more in the movies, so Q doesn't really count here. Every time they try to create a villain and say, here's the new badass, here's Malcolm McDowell, here's the queen that the Borg have always had who says that they mm-hmm. haven't. There's uh, an admiral gone wrong. Like, they're never really that great. It's yeah. it's it's that need to have a face to punch. I'm fine with that. You have to ha- when you're doing a movie, you need to have a face for the guy, for the good guy to punch in the face. I'm fine with that, but they never really deliver as far as I'm concerned. None of these movies no, no, have I agree with is, you. A, is a powerful presence of a good villain. Yeah. No, I mean, I the Borg were a great good villain. villain collectively, but the... But then they gave him a queen. I don't know. The mm-hmm. queen wasn't bad, but it was just... I don't know. It, it reduced them to something familiar instead of keeping yeah. them cre- right. creepy alien. and alien. And that was that was my argument against the queen the whole time, is there is no face to punch, as Matt says. <laughs> mm. It's just this this never-ending collective, you know, thing. Yeah. But, but no, Khan was good. Uh, Christopher Lloyd was good. That's true. So the original and, series did a little bit of a better job, because actually yeah, and, uh, General uh, Chang oh, was God, What good. the fuck was his name in Star Trek General VI? Chang. Yeah, I, I like General Chang quite a bit. The rest of them, no, not very good. Well, and then in fairness, there there really were no other villains in the original series. There was a probe and a probe. <laughs> and a computer. And then Spock's brother in the one that we don't like. Yeah. So, yeah. They, yeah, so, yeah, uh, original series was all right. Did okay. Where's your computer got now? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Next Gen, even in the series, like, we had Q. Q was a great villain, and he wasn't even full-on a villain because he helped them sometimes. Yeah. Right. Just an antagonist. Right. <laughs> and so who else is there, really? Like, there's no great villain of next gen. I would I would say at all. Hmm. Sela, I mean, I like Tomalock, but... Uh... Failed miserably. Yep. Yep. And then the Romulans disappeared again until now, until unfortunately. Now. Yeah. The best, uh, the best uh, next gen villain was that guy from Chain of Command. Yeah, that's true. 
Golmaset. I think Golmaset. Yeah, it's been a while. Gull something anyway. Oh yeah, David Warner. Yes. David yeah, Wa- David Warner. Oh, well, David Warner makes a great villain. Yep. Even in Tron. Yep. That Al hasn't seen and refuses to see. <laughs> Never going to see Tron. <laughs> Never saw the Tron. <laughs> Tronya, on the other hand. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, have you done your bad thing? No, you have not. Let's let's go ahead and talk some more about that. All right. A lot of this I actually sort of got to already uh-huh. in that rant earlier. We got uh, Deanna's fucking piece of shit rape scene. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is the point of that? There is none. We just needed, like I said, we need an easy way to sh- show that Shinzon and Ron Perlman are evil because this movie thinks we're stupid. All right, Ron Perlman played one of the Draculas. Yeah, he was King Dracula, <laughs> the lead Dracula. Right, <laughs> Nosferatu, Ron Perlman. Yeah, it j- I, I had this overwhelming feeling during this movie that it thinks we're stupid, not just for the Picard thing. When we're pulling up on Romulus for the first time, mm-hmm. it's the planet is green and purple. The evil colors. So we know it's a bad place. <laughs> the Joker lives there. <laughs> yes. And then... Uh, the fucking who, Green Goblin lives there. And then whoever left that uh, that mist thing that ended up killing everyone, that was new and improved Joker products. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm... That fucking Smilex. I'm, I'm with you. I think... I don't know if Berman is specifically uh, responsible for this, but I think overall there was a feeling in the movies that... You needed to dumb it down for people who weren't into Star Trek. You needed to get that audience. You need to do what Abrams did, which is win over people who aren't into Star Trek. And I don't yeah. think it ever happened for Next Gen. Well, the director no. of this one wasn't really into Star Trek either, right? Well, he well could, yeah, the, he, the he director of this the, could give a shit about uh, he, Star Trek. He thought Jordy was an alien. He didn't even learn LeVar Burton's name. I guess he called him Laverne the whole time. Yeah, and this is, like, LeVar Burton. Yeah, he's not an unknown guy. He was the best-known guy when the show started. Yeah, Ignoring Reading Rainbow, he was fucking Roots, for Christ's sake. Yep. He played Roots. <laughs> he played Roots. That, that, that famous character, Roots. Um, and there was so many uh, so many pieces injected from seemingly other science fiction action well, films. A lot that, from Star Wars in there, for sure. Yeah. yeah. A lot was, of hallway fights, Bob was saying. Yep, yeah. The sand people, the hallway fights, the garbage shoot. Yeah. Crashing yep. out the Emperor's window. Yeah. Yep. Was, there was Kicking... Uh, fucking Ron Perlman gets uh, emperored at the end. Well, there's a there's a bit of I have had enough of you in that as well, though. From three, yeah, there mm-hmm. is. So and the there. and the stupid Death Star horizontal wave explosion. Although yep. I suppose to be fair, Star Trek Six started that nonsense. Yeah, it did. The blast, <laughs> as as Strong Bad calls them, those blast wavy Saturn rings that are so popular these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll agree with you there. He, I, I looked this guy up. He had only directed two films before this, and he's directed nothing since then. Uh, his claim to fame is editing. He's edited a lot of and a lot of classic movies. He works with Richard Donner. He did uh, Lethal Weapon. He did Superman. He did The Omen. Mm. Like a uh, lot of. A lot of big... I think it was The Omen. Is that the one that Richard Donner did? I think so, yeah. I think yeah. so, yeah. Um, Damn it, I should know this. <laughs> it's fine. As long as as long as long one of you guys doesn't correct me, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what our listeners think. I think you're probably <laughs> right. <laughs> well, in any case, this guy has edited a lot of high-profile movies that are not, you know, not badly edited. Like, he's got a talent. I just don't know mm-hmm. that this was he was necessarily the right choice to direct this movie. It's like they pulled the name out of a hat. Yep. <laughs> which is sad, too, because we know Frakes, Frakes can do the job, and he's clearly there. I feel yep. like, and I could be wrong, but I remember Insurrection not doing well. This movie being sort of their last chance. Okay, we're going to give you one more chance to make a, make a movie that does well. Mm. Regardless of whether it was good or not, the fact is it didn't make a lot of money. That I do know. Uh. And so I feel like they punished Frakes. For directing that? He wasn't bankable no. anymore. Right. They're like, oh, you know, that guy. big director named Jonathan Frakes. Yes. Although that's what he does nowadays. He directs a lot of TV yeah, episodes. Yeah, he's a, he's and a director. Stuff. Yeah, but he's not directing big blockbuster sci fi movies. I suppose not. So. Which is too no, bad. No, but I mean, he's he still working, it. which is, you know, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, well, let's, let's go ahead and talk about my bad thing, which is the, the last movie felt the most TNG, as I said. In in that, like as yep. as Bob was saying, that's why he likes it the best because it feels more like an episode. It feels more like those guys are in character and yeah. like themselves. And this one by far feels the least, apart from the wedding scene, which could just as easily have been the actors being all chummy with each other. Which is like I said, nobody's in character in this stupid movie. Picard especially. There's the whole uh, 
the dune buggy thing and the way he reacts to Shinzon two or three times is like, that's not what Picard would do at all. And then there's the whole pulling huge plot elements from out of fucking nowhere thing with B4 and the existence of Remus. I mean, like, Star Trek is steeped in this mythology and there's so many things we could explore if we wanted to get into more detail. You don't have to make this shit up. You don't have to say, oh, and Data has a brother. Why not? Yeah. Another brother. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not to say that you can't make new things up. No, of but, course you can make new things up. But there's already existing things that could serve the purpose of things that That's they... right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you want to get into the Romulans, it's like, great, good. You you basically forgotten about them in the second half of Next Gen. Mm-hmm. These guys should be a big, powerful threat. Let's get into the Romulans. And instead, they have to create this whole new thing that doesn't make any sense. See, I remember when this was coming <laughs> out, I was actually excited about the idea of the Remans because I knew there had there was... A Romulus and a Remus. Yeah, they they said that in a bunch of non-canon stuff. So it's it's kind of like the ti- like hearing that Kirk's middle name is Tiberius. Like finally they're mm. going to make it canon. Mm. Yeah, but like the fact that they're fucking space vampires. Yeah, they don't even seem like they're like not a culture. What? Yeah, they're just monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they had a makeup budget that they had to spend somewhere. I guess. I guess so. I don't know what movie this director wanted to make, but it clearly had nothing to do with Star Trek. I've seen... I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I've seen episodes of Voyager that felt more like next gen <laughs> than this pile. Yep. And that's that's really how I feel about it. Hmm. And it's it's unfortunate. Let's talk about B4. I think none of us have really... We, we've kind of skirted around this issue. This is definitely a major element of the story that we should be talking about. Mm. It's a major element of the story, and yet it has no effect on the story whatsoever. I and guess, it's an amazing coincidence that they find him and that he's already preset to go like try and steal information from Starfleet and well no I think I think what happened was Shinzon's people found him planted him on that planet and activated some kind of a signal that then yeah they're super vague about it yeah okay that's that's my thought anyway (laughs) like I thought that was part of their plan was to have them find before and then so on right Hmm. but I don't know I guess it's, uh, I don't know. I guess it's a reasonable assumption that they would, even if the Enterprise hadn't discovered it, they would send the Enterprise because it's the only ship that has a positronic android on it. It's fair to say that that they would be the ones to check that out. Probably, yeah. Or if not, they would then take custody of B4 because Data is the reigning expert on Zoom-type androids. I would love if they just fucking Bruce Maddox shows up to check it out. <laughs> I'll take that one. Yeah. Sorry, Data's really busy this week. That one's uh, not sentient. Yeah. <laughs> like, we could do Measure of a Man, but we're going to come up a little short on this one. So. Yep. This man is not worth measuring. I am in a room with lights. But Spiner plays him literally like he's mentally handicapped. Yep. yep. Which isn't funny. It isn't sweet. It's just stupid. It's really embarrassing. It's a bit embarrassing, yeah. I feel really bad for Spiner for the entire movie. But, and we don't know this for sure, he got a story credit. Did he come up with the idea for B4? Do we know what he contributed to the script? I have no mm, idea. The, the, uh, the Memory Alpha entry on Nemesis is really not great. No, it's it's 10 pages of recap. T- which, if you'll recall, the series is usually a good sign that the episode's not very good. Yeah, but there was no apology here, and that's usually why we go looking. Yeah, to see them apologize. Well, there is that great clip of um, from a con where somebody says, uh, "How come Nemesis didn't do as well as you know as it might have?" And Lavar Burton takes this perfect comedic pause, like the exact amount of time, and says, "Cause it sucked." <laughs> I fucking love Lavar Burton. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like. There was there was an ele- one element of B four that I did enjoy though. That okay. it, was, it seemed that uh, him petting Spot was the trigger for him to go hack the Matrix and the Enterprise <laughs> oh, yeah. and get the information he needed. I I just picture fucking Shinzon right now at some point or another. <laughs> uh, Data's gonna show you his cat, what is called Spot. Now, when you have stroked that cat exactly three hundred and forty eight times. I want you to betray everyone. That's a that's a pretty good shins on there, <laughs> right? I would I, I would just end that with uh, I'm Captain Picloud. I'm Captain. Right, I'm Captain Picloud. You made me spit out my Earl Grey. <laughs> <laughs> Bob always feels the need to have T Earl Grey hot when he's here recording with me. <laughs> I just I, the, the whole idea of before. Okay, we talked about this during the series. How many fucking androids did that guy build? Well, we know that he built because there's that line in that one episode that's the entire reason. Oh, well, that's B4 right, and they exist. said there's like seven of them. 
Yeah. So there's there could still be a few more out there or something. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then, of course, Data's mom, who's still out there and thinks she's a regular lady. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think every time we introduce a new, like, Android character, it diminishes Data. Like, it, it makes absolutely him less does. special. I, they, I like the whole idea of like, oh, another one. the only one of his kind. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even Lore. Lore is a good idea for a character, but I don't think they ever delivered it a was decent never story. Executed very well. No. And I, that was another thing I thought about this movie when it was coming out. I just assumed it was going to be about that they were going to make the villain Lore. That would have been okay. Which I remember being really excited about. I don't know that I would have been excited for it, but if they pulled it off right, that would have been okay. Well, listen, back then I thought I, was, I still thought I liked Lore. Well, that's fair. That's all right. Back then we all thought we liked this movie. Yeah. yeah. All of us. Like I rated especially. it. Yeah, I had my rating like on Netflix from when it you know, first came out in the theaters, and I had rated it five stars. And looking back on it now, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess I was just starved for Star Trek at that point. Well, you didn't follow DS9 when it was on. You didn't follow not, Voyager when it was on. So you no, not really. Without Star Trek since the previous movie, then. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I was, I was in the same boat. Yeah, see, I, I think I was still following the early bits of Enterprise. I don't think I'd given up on Enterprise yet. When I saw this, I, I have no memory of seeing this in the theater at all, though. I know I did. I must have. Mm-hmm. I have very distinct memories of seeing this because I saw it with Amanda. Ah. No, and, and she and I watched it a couple of years ago and didn't hate it. And I don't know what mm-hmm. the hell I was thinking then either. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? But just just to be very, very clear, not a good movie. It. Just not good. I, I tweeted about halfway through this movie uh, when I was watching it the other night. I do not have it. There's not enough breath in my body for the amount of sighing I needed to do during this movie. <laughs> so you don't. Some movies you want to punch. Some some you know or episodes. Some you want to yell at and whatever. You just this is one just made you want to sigh, huh? This is yeah. If you look at my notes, there's a lot of oh god, fucking whatever. Yeah. This is Matt's. Uh, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Star Trek. We are Captain Picard. We are very disappointed in you. <laughs> it's like I am mad, but mostly I'm disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. This this movie. Very, very disappointing. I think Shinzon, I, I'm just looking over my notes here, looked more like Dr. Evil than anything else. <laughs> oh my god, he so did. With the little lip scar. Yep. And the and the collar that came way up. No, no, yep. he was, you know, had his had his head shaved and with a leather jacket and all those knives. I guess he was like some sort of skinhead punk rocker sort of. <laughs> oh, that's the, the, the voice Matt just did for him. Oi! Alright, what, what I want you to do, right, is stab him. And, right, come at me. And then Spock turns off his boombox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I say screw you. <laughs> I just my notes aren't even like usually I have some like okay, I could use this joke on the show. I, there's a lot of shaking my head in here. Uh-huh. <laughs> which is which is amazing that I managed to write down shaking my head, but uh, <laughs> uh the the only other note that I have here is deploy the weapon. Oh good. I don't even know what that means. Although it looks kind of cool when the uh, the ship's fins, you know, fan out into like the bird feather sort of yeah, arrangement. I didn't, I didn't like the design of the ship for the most part until it developed these wings. Like yeah, you say. and then it did look very Romulan. Yeah, that was pretty. See, I thought once it developed the wings, it looked like it was raising its hands in the air, like it just didn't care. <laughs> oh, by that point in the movie, I was doing exactly the same thing. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, deploy the weapon. <laughs> There was, okay, there was a cool character, and I don't remember her name. It was a very non-Romulan-sounding name. Oh, Denatra. Uh, Denatra? Thank you. Denatra, something like that. I know she comes back in the books. She's um, a female Romulan commander, cut from the cloth of female Romulan commander from from the original series. Yeah, and it was uh, played by Dina Meyer, who was uh, Mm -hmm. uh, the hot chick in uh, Starship Troopers. And apparently she played Oracle in the uh, Birds of Prey show. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I didn't see she, that. She did a whole bunch of stuff that I've never seen, but she's obviously kept working. Um, yeah, I like yeah, her a lot. She's attractive, decent character, well played. Like, uh, I could have done with more her. Like, it was. it's one of those deals where Shinzon uh, betrayed the Romulans, and so now the Romulans that have been betrayed help Picard out, and she's sort of the cavalry near the end. And that was cool. I like that. Mm. Yeah, no. Little. That's just fine. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to give. I'm trying to get find something here. But the, and Picard yeah, and gets that, a, and My point is that there's nothing to find. Uh, there's a little bit of diplomatic hope for the future with the Romulans. So you know, I guess Picard gets his wish. Yeah. Yeah. Until the planet blows well. up. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> well, that's why. Uh, what's his name is so mad, Nero. I don't know why I keep forgetting his name. He introduced himself properly and everything. <laughs> 
Hi, Al. I'm Nero. So that's the next thing we get to do, right? Is that movie just as sort of a palate cleanser? Yep. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Sure is. Uh, oh, my other note here is what Matt said earlier. What, did DC Comics write this? Yeah. <laughs> but that's really it. I seriously, I mean, you know, we might end up running a little short this week. I don't have a ton of stuff to say. What about you guys? I, I'm just looking over my notes now, and mostly it's just me being mad. <laughs> Well, oh, there's a line here that's, that I have no idea why I put it here or anything. I have no idea what it's in context, context to, but it just says, and then they find Walt's old pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Probably out in the desert. Walt, probably. Oh, that was it! Walter White's pants. Oh. That's it! Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why we work together, Matt. His tidy whiteies. Yes. Yes! <laughs> His Walter whiteies. <laughs> I can't be the first person to say that. What about you, Bobby? Any any other major points? Any anything we've forgotten? Like uh, I say, it feels, yeah, we're running a little short here. I don't know. During the battle, the Enterprise gets hit with a big chunk of warbird debris, so that was pretty. That cool. That was kind of cool. Yeah, like I said, a lot of cool stuff happens during that battle. It is too long, but some cool stuff happens. I just I don't think I don't think I've talked about this yet. the 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 fact that they have before mm-hmm. totally ruins. Data's already very shitty death. Well, and it feels like... Can we talk talk about that for a second? There is... uh, The death of one of the best characters on the show and how it doesn't matter at all? There is a a kind of a nice moment where just like, you know... uh, uh, I'm sorry. Jordy and and Data say kind of a wordless goodbye to each other before Data jumps across to the other ship. It is a good moment if you know what's coming, yeah. Yeah. But uh, as Matt pointed out, it's not really much of a moment. Like, it it passes very quickly. Yeah, they just sort of look at each other and then he runs away. But I, I, I see what you mean. There is a meaningful look there. The two actors do give some meaning to the look. It's like, and I mean, well, if anyone on the show, like on this, should have that, it's Data and Jordy. Those guys have been best friends forever. Yeah. Which is why I would have liked to have seen, you know, more of Jordy being shaken more. I up liked by to his have, death. Yeah, like nice. he doesn't say anything. There's so little character stuff in here. There's so little like Jordy being Jordy, Riker being Riker. There's just there's none of that. Yeah. Like this should have been Levar Burton's big scene, you know. Yeah. And there was like some sort of goodbye between the two of them. That that would have been really nice. And instead, there's just nothing. Or you know, the reaction. My best friend is dead. Yeah, yeah. That would have been maybe his. Maybe his eyes can't cry. There was a really great scene with uh, Picard and Data that was in the the deleted scenes that I think would have added a lot of a lot more emotion to you know the events that happened at the end because. They kind of, you know, uh, talked about the, like, you know, what the wedding had brought up emotions in people and, and how it makes you think about your mortality. And yeah, there's, and it was and a really great scene. I there's wish a they lot of that. deleted scenes in this movie. There's like more than on a lot of DVDs mm-hmm. that I own. There's like 12 or something deleted. Yeah. Scenes. And a lot of them are like that, like yeah. stuff with emotions, stuff with characters, like things to make it more familiar yep. to us. Yeah. Nope. But instead they cut all that in favor of the Enterprise and the scimitar backing out of each other. <laughs> well, and, there's, and the ending, the original ending, has um, a little more just fun stuff. It has uh, Riker fucking around with the new... Uh, first officer. With the new first officer, thank you. Where he's like, uh, okay, one thing you need to know about Captain McCard, he hates formality. Call him Jean-Luc. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah. And then they do a dumb little sight gag with a seatbelt, which I thought was a little hammy, but it was better than what we got. Picard says, ah, it's about time. Right. But, you know, when you when you spend the last third of a movie being bounced around on frame, I, you know, it pays off. Yeah. Yeah. And and then it ends with them going boldly to explore something new. Instead of just hanging out in dry dock, waiting to have the side of the ship sewn back <laughs> right. on. Waiting for them to paint Enterprise on seven or eight other surfaces, just so you know. Although, Oh, yeah. Enterprise has vanity license plates, by the way. I didn't know that. <laughs> Although, on one level, that was kind of cool that it kind of came full circle. That, like, you know, the motion picture started with the Enterprise and Dry Dock with Jerry Goldsmith's score, and it ends with it here with the new Enterprise and Dry Dock. I but... think that's just a coincidence, <laughs> but it is a fun coincidence. <laughs> um, but Data dying, I feel like every single Star Trek movie wants to be Moby Dick and Heart of Darkness and Wrath of Khan. Yes. And this is their Wrath of Khan thing. Well, Spock died in there, and we gave it a big escape hatch in case we wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did with Data. Well, we'll kill Data, but we'll leave this, this you know, this out. If this we just, just in case the movie does good. Right. In case we want to make another movie, we can bring Data back. Yeah. Hmm. Or they could have done like they did on Angel, where they, uh, spoilers if you haven't seen Angel, I guess, where they kill off the character of Fred, and they keep the character of Valyria played by the same actor. 
Yeah. So they didn't ditch the actor, but they did ditch the character. Yeah. yeah. They could have done something like that, except who the hell wants to watch B4? <laughs> no one. No one wants to watch B4. Right. The, one of my favorite things about the books is that we have uh, we have B4. Mm. Basically, everyone, in, everyone on the Enterprise simultaneously decides that it's really creepy having him around. Mm-hmm. And they just have so they him just shut off, leave him on the planet, <laughs> shut down and packed off to the uh, to Bruce Maddox. So they just go bury him in a in a desert somewhere for someone else to find. Yep, <laughs> it's really fucking funny. That is good, and you know Maddox has been wanting an android to operate on for years. So uh, well, here have this dumb one. Yeah, <laughs> and then didn't they just decide in the books or the comics or something that uh, fuck it, data's back. In the uh, in the countdown to uh, in the countdown to the new Star Trek comic they put out, they had uh, Data come back, ah. and then which I thought was kind of crappy, but you know whatever. But it was so like the positronic dump from Data to B four finally took hold, and he's I Data guess again. yeah. Okay, they never really explain it. They just say that oh now Data's B four. Well, they don't really explain it in the movie either. No, no. I, presumably. If they put it in there as an escape hatch, presumably somebody somewhere in a notebook has written down their plan to bring data back. <laughs> Some, somebody. I don't in know. a notebook somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, whoever wrote this must have written it for a reason mm-hmm. and said, uh, oh, by the way, here's how you bring data back. Well, I know that Spiner wanted to kill off data because he th- he was getting too old to play Yeah, that's fair, but then why have before? Whom he forgot had aging software. I just see that as a... <clears throat> Like, uh, probably uh, Berman just going, you know, we want, just in case. Yeah, thanks, Berman. We want to be able to bring you back super easy. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, if we have to, we can th- we can have you back in the next movie and th- with a throwaway line. Yep. <laughs> oh, Mr. Worf, what are you doing here? Well, uh, yes. <laughs> well, that's all I got. What about you guys? Yeah, whatever. I got a quote. Oh, well, let's do some quotes. <clears throat> All right. Well, my quote is uh, from when we meet Shinzon for the first time, and out of the darkness we hear him say this. Please, uh, please pardon the absence of light. You see, as a youngster, I was, I was frightened of the dark, and uh, I used to wake up sobbing in it as if it was water, and I was drowning in it. But as you will observe, I have so thoroughly disciplined myself against that fear that now I much prefer... A dark room. I don't remember that from the movie, Bob. That doesn't sound like the movie I just watched. That sounds like a better movie. <laughs> All right, here's my real quote. T.L. Grey, hot. That's the best you could find, huh? Ah, yes, T. Earl Grey, hot. Well, it is the last time he says it, so if you really yeah. want to get sentimental about it, every time he says engage or make it so or come, you know, like, oh, it's the last time. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what about you? Uh, Here. Well, you guys really just having a really hard time finding quotes, huh? <laughs> is that even a quote? <laughs> sure is. No, he he said he said something. That's that's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, Al. Okay, well, what was your? This had better be good. Yeah, mine's mine is the best line in the movie by far. Defensive pattern, Kirk Epsilon. Did you hear that? They said Captain Kirk's name. <laughs> they sure did. That's pretty great. Uh, it's like they still remember uh, Kirk and they still do stuff that he did, like now. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool, right? Yay. Maybe I that's replaced Kilo in the uh, international alphabetic <laughs> symbols. Yeah, there you go. A Kirk low. Kirk, Indigo, Romeo, Kirk. <laughs> that's how you spell Kirk. <laughs> well... That's all from us. That is all for next gen. We are we are yeah. done. Unfortunately, I wish is... that it had a better send off. I wish it had had a like uh, all good things. Era. Yeah, that would have been <sighs> nice. But you know, all, we still do have all good things. We do. And we have you know between the four movies, there's probably two good movies worth of material. Oh yeah, in there. <clears throat> Maybe thirty seconds of it comes from this one. <laughs> yeah. But overall, I mean, it's been a fun two years, Matt. You gotta, you gotta admit that. Yeah, no, it has. I just, I wish I wasn't leaving with this taste in my mouth. Well, cleanse your palate because next week, we get, next week we, we start off with the delicious. Thing. Finally, I know there are some of you. I believe there are some of you who may want to uh, jump ship at this point. We've covered the series that you like. We're done. I would ask that you not do that. I would ask that you maybe at least give it the first season. 
Watch along with us. See if you like it. If you don't like it, one of the greatest episodes of Deep Space Nine happens in its first season. If it doesn't mm-hmm. hook you by then, then you're done. You're probably not going to like it. But I would say, don't you know? Don't stop. Give it a chance. We love it, and I, hopefully, if you're still listening by now, you know that we have decent taste in Star Trek. So yeah. just just give it a try. And for those of you who who already have plans to uh, to watch DS9 for the first time with us, I'm excited. I love hearing stuff like that. I love hearing when the listeners want to want to come with us. Oh yeah, I I uh, I didn't watch much of it when it was airing the first time, but the kids and I watched through all of TNG, and we decided to go on to DS9. We're halfway through season three now, and we love it. So that, we're definitely yeah. be following along. You're actually to the part where it starts getting great. Yeah, like you yeah. just slow down right at the point where it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, Star Trek can do that, really? Yeah, they let them do that. <laughs> there are consequences, huh? Yes. Yeah. Now, here's the Deep Space Nine is our favorite Trek series for a reason, and you're going to see what that is it, if you follow along with us. And it is, apart from Arrested Development, my favorite TV series, period. Yeah. Like of all time. It's just. Easily my favorite science fiction show. Yeah. No. It's it's my favorite non comedy show. I mean, I, we, ha- mm. we have to qualify it. But... <laughs> well, listen, it's always hard to pick your favorite thing ever. It is. But it's way the fuck up there. And uh, and I'm pretty sure it's going to stand up, and I'm pretty sure we're going we're gonna to really enjoy ourselves for the next two years. Yeah. So there's that. Um, information, as usual, the website is postatomichorror.com. Our email address is postatomichorror at Gmail. We have a Tumblr now. Woo! We do. If you're into that kind of thing, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. Uh, ain't much to it. We post new episodes there, and whenever Matt and I see Star Trek, cute Star Trek things that we like, we re- reblog it from there. That's yeah. it. But, you know, if you want to see what we think is funny or interesting about Star Trek, uh, check, check it out. that out. Check it out, check it out, check it Bob, out. Bob, the app out. is still free, correct? The app is still free, and uh, I'm working on an update. I'm not sure if it's going to be out in time for Emerald City Comic Con in March, but uh, definitely working on it and getting uh, some nice iOS 7 goodness into it. Excellent. Well, you'll need the new content for that, which means, Matt, you and I have to write about the second half of Next Gen. Oh, shit. We better get to work. So we're not completely done with Next Gen yet, just as far as the listeners are concerned. Yeah. So that is all. Next week, we begin with... Um, how did I forget the title of the uh, emissary? emissary th- I wanted to say nemesis. <laughs> Nem- no. Emissary. emissary. Nemesis is planet forbidden. <laughs> Thank you, Mexican Scotty. <laughs> One last appearance there. All right, Matt, say your thing. All right, for the very last time ever. See you guys. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2013. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.